Today, we're going to be breaking down the Damn Yankees 1990 self-titled album. The world was their oyster because 1990, no one really knew what the hell was going on. And that's why they had some chart success with this record. High enough, I mean, number three? They'll take that. I don't know. When's Ted ever had a number three? Uh, well, that's <laughs> true. three-point buck. This is Vinyl Analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness, along with me, producer Greg Hansberry. Today, we're going to be breaking down the Damn Yankees 1990 self-titled album. That album went double platinum, by the way. And joining me in the Vinyl Analysis studios, the one and only, and she is a uh, radio legend, Christy Kemper. Thank you, Christy. Well, you're welcome, Arch. And music legend, Jimmy Roseberry. Jimmy, how are you? <laughs> Doing good, Arch. Yes. What's going on? Uh, man, I'm, just, I'm excited to have you guys on. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, before we can, I like to kind of let the audience meet you guys, you know, talk about Christy's career, talk about your music career, uh, the band that you have now, uh, but you, Jimmy, just got a text from the drummer of Cinderella, <laughs> so my ADD is kicking in. What what does Fred Curry fucking want with you, man? <laughs> well, my real career is I build high-end PCs for recording and mixing audio, and Fred- Wow! Uh, a lot of people know him as the drummer for Cinderella, of That's... course. But Fred is a uh, a serious uh, composer now for television and film. So that is what Fred really does for a living. Okay. Fair He's got enough. a great studio. So he heard about Jimmy uh, through the grapevine, what his business is, and uh, gave him a call and said, listen, I've had people build me computers before. They've sucked. You've got a good reputation. Show me what you got. Yeah. I heard part of what you said, but mostly in my mind, all I'm hearing is that was a drummer on fucking night songs. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hear what you're saying, Jimmy. I hear you. Yeah. So that's cool. And how is, uh, not to get into too much detail, but how is that business relationship going? Is it going good, Jimmy? It's it's great. Fred, uh, he is a super cool guy. That's what I want to hear. I mean, just what I want to hear. No rock star attitude. Uh, Obviously, he's, he's got a lot of stories and things. And with me, I can't get into uh, you know fan mode because he's a client. I can't be goobering when oh, I'm talking to oh, him. Oh, that's got to be but fucking course, hard, man. There's a lot of questions. But you did ask him one. I, I've only asked him one question, and I, yeah, I was, was going to keep it simple. I'm like, what was it like to play in Moscow? Oh, so I thought right that on. was decent. Right on. He, and then he, his answer was, which time? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wow, it must and, be cool. And that's a world we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Which time did you did you did you pick a time? Well, I I said yeah, I said time. I said either time. Yeah. It, the, he said there was what a hundred thousand people in the audience. Uh, it was amazing. And oh, that, that, you know, I can't even imagine. God, I love them. And and they were a band. And I told you guys, like ten percent is going to be this damn Yankees record. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we're all it's, over the it's, place. It's, it's vital right. analysis. And by the way, the uh, the beer of the night is Sierra Nevada's Hop Hunter. Uh, because, and why? Well, because uh, Ted, Uncle Ted, is uh, lead guitarist for the damn Yankees. So I figured we'd go with a hunting theme. Um, but but yeah, so back to Fred Curry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We won't we won't we won't we won't get into it too, too much. I thought he was a, and I don't know if he's brought this up, and I might be getting my '80s hair drummers uh, confused. But was he a storm chaser too? I want to say Fred Curry was a storm chaser. Anyway, I'll Google it when I get home. He, he may I, have been. I'm not aware of that. But uh, uh, there's there's your next question. <laughs> Ask him, and he's going to say no. That was the guitarist Jeff Labar. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, that was Ricky Rocket asshole. <laughs> 
Is that how Fred sounds yeah. when he talks? No. no he, uh, he, uh, they're, they're East Coast guys, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. I look. Okay, now I remember. Wikipedia has confirmed he is a storm chaser. He is a storm, a storm chaser. chaser. Okay. See? Oh, that's so very cool. Right. Nonsense knowledge that I, that I have, yeah, about my 80s rock stars. And, but, but real quick, before we start talking about each other, the Cinderella, <laughs> the band Cinderella, I would throw Cinderella, Tesla, uh, they were Love yes. Tesla. I know they had the hair. <laughs> yes, I know it. It uh, tasted like you know Aquanet at those concerts. <laughs> but they were good rock bands. There was yeah. a lot of ACDC in what in what Cinderella was doing. There was Absolutely. you know with Tom's voice and yes. and just those riffs and stuff. Uh, Cinderella was a badass band. They really were, and I think at the time underrated. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. When we went to uh, it was a little place here, and here we go. I'm uh, telling about. I'm giving out our location. But uh, it was the uh, mid late eighties. It was uh, Cinderella and Bon Jovi. Wow! And it was at Legend Valley. Fantastic. And my friend Dan, probably uh, Danny Cannon, got one of the worst sunburns. He turned orange. <laughs> he turned. Oh, I orange. bet his skin just peeled we were, off. And we sheets. were. We got so sunburned. But I'll say this: and we told everybody, and this would have been eighty six, I think eighty six, eighty seven. We told everybody we are there to see Cinderella. And I'll tell you right now, I still haven't seen Bon Jovi, and I was in the same damn place with that guy. <laughs> I've never I, seen Bon Jovi either. I'm good. I don't need that. I don't need that, but I needed some Cinderella that day. But you brought up Tesla, still one of my favorite bands to see live to this day. They sound amazing. They sound exactly like the record. I it, mean, to a T. Yeah. And you're talking about another band with a you know a, a singer that's got a lot of character. You know, like like Jeff an, Keith. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Great character in that voice, and the songs have great hooks too. You know, a great chorus, which uh, it's well crafted, simple songs like ACDC. Yeah. You know, they're a rock band. Well, yeah. it is. They're a rock band. It's got the. It meets the formula of what a great rock song is. When you talk yes. about the hooks, it's got to have a good hook. When it has a good hook, you know exactly. Oh, that's what makes it radio friendly. Yeah, you know, Jimmy. When did you become a musician? I mean, what did you? When did you like first pick up the guitar, play piano, start singing, uh, what, anything? What? What? When did it hit you, man? You know, I I knew that I loved music when I was two years old. I remember uh, I would steal my parents' uh, eight track tape of uh, it was a Beatles record. Right. Well, you know, an eight track. Oh my God, how many years ago was that? Uh, but uh, in their bedroom, they had the stereo and they had a cedar chest. So I used to put on the Beatles eight track, get up on the cedar chest, and you know, act like I, yeah, it was rocking out, but, uh, I've loved music since I was two years old. Um, I guess I got started when I was in middle school. Yeah. Middle school. Uh, you know, I was a drummer a million years ago right? and all through school, through high school, uh, was section leader, my junior and senior year played in jazz band, you know, playing a drum kit. Um, it was in marching band. It was in marching band. But but over time in college, you know, the, the guys, they kind of went their separate ways. We all went our separate ways. Uh, keyboard technology, MIDI, all of that was really uh, booming in the eight, end of the 80s, the second half of the 80s. Uh, I wanted to learn how to write songs, play keyboard, you know, write songs and record, yeah. write music. So that kind of led me away from playing drum kit uh, and that was a, a probably a 10-year or more journey. And that led to singing and playing keyboard live years later. And one thing led to another. And then now I'm more of a singer than I am anything. Name of the so, band? Breaking Sane? Breaking Sane. Uh, you can come see us anywhere around Columbus, Ohio. We play quite a bit. But uh, it's been a, a strange, long journey uh, getting here. But it's it's also been a fascinating journey. 
And, and he pretty uh, much plays everything, bass and guitar as well. Uh, aside from now, aside from the group you're in now, most fun you ever had as a musician? Because oh, everyone's going to say, oh, it's now, man. I love my band. <laughs> and you got, you got a great band. And those guys are awesome. I know you're having a blast. I think now, but- for you, it's a little bit different than it was in the past, but... I mean, I don't want to speak for you. I am your wife, so I do that a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, no shit. Man. You know what? Well, I'll go ahead and speak for you. Right on. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, 10 Hour Days was great, but with the Radio Surfers, where you really got to hone a lot of your craft, which you have now. Yeah. I, radio, being in a, a previous band called Radio Surfers, it really kind of prepped me for being a vocalist and being a really good vocalist. Um, before that, I was I was okay, pretty decent. But those guys with their three and four part harmonies oh, right really on. really pushed me in, yeah, in, a, in a, a a much I don't know it, it really made me hone my craft. That's the reason he loves the damn Yankees. All about harmony. It's it's the great oh, it's harmony. all about. Oh, harmonies. We're going to talk about that because it with with Jack Blades and Tommy Shaw. It's over the top. I mean, oh. it sounds. I mean, and we're, we're going to. I swear to baby Jesus, we're going to get to that right. <laughs> Christy, Christy Kemper. Uh, radio personality. Talk about your career. When did you? When did you get started? When did I mean? Look and and, and look. Mike Austin, who was a guest a couple weeks ago, radio personality <laughs> as well. He's been in the business as you know as long as you and I have. Yeah. Um. And it's not that we're failed rock stars, but we wanted to be in the business somehow, some way. I wanted to and, be right. in the music industry, or I wanted to be an actress, and fell back on doing radio. Luckily, when I was in high school, um, I went to Centerville High School in Dayton. You're a Dayton girl. Centerville, oh, hoo the Elks, hey. I'll drink to that. Uh, When I was 14, Reader's Digest condensed version, when I was 14, I contracted a disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, In layman's terms, French polio. I was paralyzed from head to toe. Right. Freshman year in high school, in the hospital. Holy shit, Had to learn how to talk all over again. When I did, uh, through speech therapy, my voice lowered. So when I went back to high school, my high school had a radio broadcasting program. Two years, 10-watt educational, junior and senior year, WCWT, okay, the voice of the Centerville Elks, did that, went to OU, uh, majored in TCOM, and my first job, the day of college graduation, 1988 at OU, was up here in Columbus at, which is the station now, the Blitz, but it was Magic 99.7. Right. And the news director there was somebody I work for in Athens, and he, I literally graduated Saturday, got here at 3 o'clock for my interview. That following Monday, <clears throat> I had the job. Started work. Started work. The day I graduated, uh, so I work with uh, Jeff and Smokey, who are doing mornings over there. Jeff and Smokey. Yes, Je- Jeff How and f- Smokey. Uh, yeah, well, it said the guy <laughs> with the name Archie. How did how did, how did did Smokey get his name? Was uh, he kind of yeah. a... Oh, yeah. Right and he was, living yeah. In, he was living in yeah, Jeff's... <laughs> yeah, Smokey was living in Jeff's basement with him and his wife. That's the way I want. <laughs> that's, the way I, that's the way I want my Smokey. So, basically, we know how that was going. Well, that, that gig lasted all of two months. I, I had an accident. Down, my mom goes, there's no way. So, then I started working for Wazoo and Dayton, which was an adult contemporary station. I was doing overnights. Well, a company came in, bought them, changed formats, and we were the first radio station in the country to go what they call active rock, where we played Bullet Boys, oh. Cinderella, oh, go on, Winger. Preach on. Uh, okay. 18. So thank you, Winger. My yeah. all-time favorite right. 80s hair band. So we were the, one of the first stations in the country to try this format, and I was in on, on the ground floor of that. Uh, worked there for three years and then got the call that uh, Gail Hogan was leaving the morning show when it was uh, Pat and Wags and then uh, Wags and Elliot. At QFM here at, in, at, in at Columbus. At QFM here in Columbus, and uh, I've had this job for 26 years and blessed every day of it. Man, you know, a f- quick story about Kip Winger. 
I went and saw him, and this would have been. Sorry, I'm rubbing my nipples this, right this now. This would have went. Late I, I, so honey, I love oh, you. He's, oh, he's hot. Oh god, he's hot. Go oh. Google him. Just saw him on Pawn Stars Greg today. Hayford. When when yeah, he's, uh, he's amazing. He is. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Oh, love him. Uh, and now check this out. So we went to go see him, and this would have been late '90s. So it wasn't that hip to be in, you know, Kip Winger or whatever. Sure. But he's he's on a book tour, right? He's playing bookstores and he's doing this acoustic album and he's playing it. There, oh, there he is, uh, producer oh Greg. Oh my god! All right, oh, look at that. Dude's got better hair hot. than I do. Just oh, what yeah. I'm saying. No, no. He has better hair on his chest. <laughs> I know. Than I do on my head. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So so. Oh god. So Damn, Kip. See, Kip Kip told this story, and I thought it was one of the funniest stories. He was very humbled by the time we got him there at the book tour, right? <laughs> and so this is late 90s. He's talking uh, about uh, running into Gene Simmons from Kiss. And Gene says, look, man, I love your band. You guys are great. You know, and there's always a Gene Simmons story every week about Gene coming to some young band and, and laying his opinion of them on, on, on them. His way, oh, yeah. Uh, right. That's Gene. So he tells Kip, he goes, yeah, man, he goes... I like it. He goes, but uh, the name. He goes, your name, man. I just, it's, I don't, I don't like it. And he goes, well, Winger is my name. He goes, nah, dude, fucking Kip. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Winger didn't have the problem. Yeah, Winger didn't have the problem. He's like, dude, it's Kip. The Kip part has to go. It has to go. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> all right. So today's album on vinyl analysis would be the Damn Yankees. This record, and it was their self-titled album, gang, uh, their record released on February 22nd, uh, 1990. They had five singles released on this. Come Again, Run Away, Coming of Age, High Enough, and Bad Reputation. High Enough, which was the ballad, Mm -hmm. that hit number three on Billboard. And let me tell you this, 1990, okay, there were two songs with the word come in it. That did not go unnoticed to 19-year-old Archie. Just, <laughs> just to let everyone know, and you kind of you deal with how you want to censor that, uh, producer Greg. But I just wanted to share 19-year-old, not lost on him. Mm-mm. So now, let's start with you, Jimmy Roseberry. Now, this album, talk about it. What did it, uh, now, look, can we just tell everybody? They're going to see the picture at the end of this. Dude, you look like fucking Tommy Shaw. That's his nickname. When, here's, here, when was the first time you were, when somebody said you look like Tommy Shaw? When did that happen? Well, I was at, at a gig in Columbus at the Treview Tavern, and some guy <laughs> comes up to me during a break, and he goes, man, you look exactly like Tommy Shaw. And I'm like, eh, no. Right. You know, and he goes, no, no, I'm going to break out my phone. I've got some pictures from a concert of Tommy Shaw. I'm going to show these to you. Yeah. And he pulls them out and shows me, and I'm like, uh, yeah. It was, it was like a it's, doppelganger. It's, it's crazy. I mean, even my wife was like, wow, he does look like Tommy Shaw. Everybody's wives say that, and everybody loves Tommy Shaw, and you look like Tommy Shaw, dude. It's well, just, the best part is when people yeah. come, like we were at the Tesla show talking about oh, that. Yeah, Tesla, oh, at Tesla. Okay, yeah. at Tesla, and his couple came up to him. <laughs> And do it, do it. Tell you know, they, they, uh, they, they're thinking I'm Tommy Shaw. Well, at first, really, you know, yeah. they, you guys joke about me on the radio as Tommy Shaw, so I'm thinking that they're just playing part of the joke, right? But you know, we, t- they're like, can we take a picture? Sure, we'll take a picture. As a heart attack, they're serious. And, oh, yeah. and then when, when we were done, they're like, oh my God, we haven't met anybody famous. Oh. And at that point, my heart just kind of goes down to my toes, and I'm like, holy, they're they, serious. Yeah, they. They think I'm Tommy Shaw. Right. And they're sending the picture to their dad. Look, dad, we've met Tommy Shaw. And then, of course, and you at felt that so point, horrible. I'm just kind of like, like, 
Oh yeah, at that <laughs> walking point, away. <laughs> too much time on my hands. It's yeah, my <laughs> like what are you doing in Columbus? Uh, don't, don't have a gig <laughs> this weekend. You know? Yeah, uh, at that point you're just lying. Now you're just keeping it going. You're keeping it going. Hey, trust me. As far as celebs to look alike, Tommy Shaw a lot cooler than Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. All right, Jimmy. Okay. okay. Right. Ding, ding. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about this record. It is, and let's be honest, 1990, and Jimmy, I want to hear your take, uh-huh. 1990, a weird time for music. All right? It was yeah. really weird. There was a lot of weird shit well, on the Well, it was right radio. on the cusp. Right on the, the cusp the, between the, the, grunge and, and yeah, hair yeah, yeah. 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 Kurt hasn't come yet. Yeah. Right. He's not here. We don't know who Eddie Vedder is. He hasn't come as you are yet. Right. Oh. Talk about this record. And are you a, you are a fan of it, I know, because sure. I think we were going to do a, a Dawkin album. And he's like, what the fuck? Arch, <laughs> hello? Let's do some Tommy Shaw here, man. Well, Let's do it. So Damn Yankees. Damn Yankees, to me, kind of represents the best of everything from the 80s. You know, you've got the killer high vocals, incredible harmony, uh, kick-ass rock and roll guitar. It's, you know, all of those things with catchy chorus. Oh, you throw it all together. Very infectious. It's it's kind of the best of everything from the 80s. At least that's that's my take. Uh, agree, agreed. Now, in the band, now this was a super group. Mm-hmm. This was a well, super yeah, group. Yeah. And this was something else from that era, you really didn't get it. And I would talk about HSAS, but I really don't want to go. This was the first super, super group, and that was like Hager and Sean's group. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun. yeah good good luck. He, he, probably, <laughs> he fucking ruined that band, too. So, so you got you got Tommy Shaw from Styx. You have Jack Blades of Night Ranger. You have Ted Nugent, well, Ted from, Nugent. from Ted Nugent. And then Michael Cardelloni. Now, this cat now is, and he was a no-name mm-hmm. Back in 1990, they just kind of plucked him. He has been the drummer for Leonard Skinner since 1999. So he's he's kind of parlayed this into something. This group only made two records. Uh, it's it's uh it's just That's really amazing odd. It's, to it's me. It's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and for a group like this, and they've had chances. They they've they've gone in the studio. They put stuff together, but they didn't really like what they had at that point. And that was late 90s and then even early into the early 2000s. Now you had Shaw and Blades albums when mm-hmm. Ted was kind of still doing his own thing and and they went and did that, but it still wasn't the same mm-hmm. as this one. And the second record didn't really hit as much, but no. this this one guys, five singles. Five oh, yeah. singles released off of this. And, and strike while the iron's hot, because here comes Seattle, kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, Christy, a fan of this record? I, I am, and, and I think that with the first one, it was definitely lightning in a bottle. I think that it was everything mm-hmm. all came together at the right time, right on the cusp of what we had to deal with in the 80s and what we were, what was approaching, right. you know, as far as the 90s are concerned. So I think that it was <clears throat> perfect. And what's really sad is that I'd love to see them get back together. Me too. Me too. But according to Ted Nugent, not going to happen because... Ted's not willing to give up honey, hunting season. From September until whenever. So, that, so he that, basically that the told the guys... Why. There you go. You know, that's um, why we're drinking hop hunter. I know. Because what, what was it in 2014? Uh, they were kind of testing the waters. Right, man. I remember that. I remember that. And he's just like, guys, I'm just not willing to give up September to whenever it was. You know, hunting season. Fuck, dude. All you need is just a couple months out of the year. There's a fuck, dude. <laughs> there There's, a fuck, dude. There's a fuck, dude. There's a fuck, dude. Right just, there. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. You're we were, welcome. We were kind I of behind the. 
the the quota there. We got to kind of pick those up a little. But and it's not like they need the money. I mean, we were looking. Thomas Shaw's worth like fifteen million dollars. Right. Okay. I don't know what Ted's worth. Uh, but Night Ranger his, did fairly well too. The, the, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. Sure. Th- th- turns out they're okay. Right. Uh, but I know that Sticks is touring again, so it makes you kind of wonder. Well, maybe. Well, the, oh, I know that's true. I know they do. They, they <laughs> you know what they really the need to do? They need to go out on the road with Ario. That oh is yeah, something. Something like and they're they're doing it with Don, Felder. Don Felder. With Don Felder, yes. I, I jack, I joke, or I jack. <laughs> I do both. Quite honestly, one band on that I've never is. seen. I mean, Ario. How many times did they do the QFM right. ninety six? You know, I know, our, I know, you know I wings know, and everything else. They still we do saw a great them. Job. Yeah. We saw them at Huntington Park. Remember? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, great but show. You it's, get that together, Ario sticks all those eighties and Don Felder. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down. I'm down. And I and I really like Don Felder's playing. So I, I love to listen to him play the guitar. So fingers crossed that that makes its way to Central Ohio. Um, Jack Blades, Tommy Shaw. I would love to hear the musicians take, Jimmy. I want to hear this because the harmonies on mm-hmm. this, it's like to the point where it's not over the top, but it's damn close because it's so sugary perfect. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, Tommy on his own, his voice is angelic. I, I get that, especially when he hits those high notes. Right. Jack Blades, I mean, come on. Think about those high harmonies in those Night Ranger songs. These two together, it, what it, an amazing combo. It really is amazing. Uh, as far as high harmony, to me, is something I particularly love. Fair enough. And you had me at high. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> there's nobody better than the, at that than Tommy Shaw. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is pretty much the best at, at that super high harmony. And he has uh, just a way of doing it that is, there's nobody else that does it exactly the way that he does. You can hear it and instantly, you know, that's Tommy Shaw, you know, and Jack Blades, killer lead vocalist in his own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as high of voice as no, Tommy no, no, Shaw, no, no. but you put those two together and it's just, I mean, it's just an incredible combination. Um, this reminds me of a Mitch Hedberg bit where... We're talking about Tommy Shaw with a guy who looks like Tommy that, Shaw. That looks like Tommy Shaw. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg told it's this bit one time. Like he he talked about when he was on the set of Almost Famous, and he was a he was it was a card scene. They're in a hotel room, and he was uh, with Peter Frampton, and they were sitting around this table, and they were smoking fake pot. And he said <laughs> he was smoking fake pot with Peter Frampton. He said, but in his life, more times than not. He is smoking real pot with a guy who looks like, like Peter, Peter Frampton. <laughs> so it's kind of what we're dealing with here when Jimmy's talking about Tommy Shaw. Um, and, and, and let's just keep this going because I don't think Tommy Shaw gets enough enough love in, in rock. I agree. And, and, and I want to hear your take on this, Jimmy, because I think with the departure, mm. oh, Greg's ready for another beer. All right, no, pop that open. Yeah, all right. Look at that. There you go. I, I think know, I know Jimmy. where we're going. Here. Let me know where. You, I think with the departure of. Um, Help me out, Dennis DeYoung. Dennis DeYoung. Yeah, where asshole. that would, can, can, can right. we say oh, Dennis DeYoung sorry. sucks? Oh, he does. Yeah, he does yes. suck. Asshole. I, I, th- I think. Don't let it end, Jimmy. <laughs> asshole. I, I, I think with when you have someone who wrote that many songs uh, departing, it would it would it would hurt most bands, mm-hmm. uh, not them. And and you know, a lot of people think when with when they go see Sticks nowadays, they're like, wow, Tommy Shaw sang a lot of the songs that I like, and Tommy Shaw. Basically kept, and I love JY. I think JY is another mm-hmm. underrated he uh, is. guitar player he and is. songwriter. But I, I, sports what, analyst, I don't know. But yeah, he is strictly, <laughs> he is strictly dog oh shit. Oh my when god, he does that. Dude, I love JY, but that bro, that's dog shit. Fuck, yeah. dude. Fuck, you go. dude. Uh, Christy, <laughs> nicely done. But he is with his talent. He's able to keep sticks going for how many years without Dennis DeYoung? It's amazing, Jimmy. It really is amazing, and without the 
focus on the songwriting being the keyboard or, you know, Dennis wrote pop songs, right? Even though they sold a lot of records. With they, an element of show tunes. Yes. It, with an element of show tunes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we all went there at the <laughs> same time. That's right. Yeah, huh? no, but, that was great. At that of... point, the band is a little more guitar focused. And of course, it's it's a more rocking kind of sound. Right. So, uh, and, and that suits him well. I know? think so. I think so. And and live, man, Sticks is just so, so damn good. So damn good. And to have those two guitar players, and, and really, we talk about Tommy's voice. He can handle his own with the axe. He yeah. can handle his own yeah. with the axe for sure. First sure. album I ever bought with my own money. I bought two at Sears in Parkersburg, West Virginia, after I mowed my aunt's lawn. Parkersburg, wet vagina. Aww. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Drink beers, go ears. <laughs> I went to the Sears in Parkersburg, and I bought The Game by Queen and Paradise Theater. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Everyone it, had that. Was that the record that had the, uh, the uh, etched or whatever it was, oh, laser oh, yeah, printing man. on it? Yes. But but Paradise Theater was was it was really one of my first one of my first loves. I mean, as far as owning the out, buying it myself. You know, mom and dad went and got Kiss Alive 2 for me. You know, mom and dad went and got Van too. Halen 1 for me. You know, mom and dad. But actually earning my money. And what are you going to do with that money, Archie? I am going to Sears. And I'm not going to go look at dishwashers, Greg. I am going to buy music. Good dishwasher. Kenmore is a great yes, brand. Sir. Yes, sir. I, I have a good sticks first, too. The yeah, fir- do it. The first time I ever got fucked up drunk at a concert was at sticks on uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hey, oh, hey. 17. It was it awesome. wasn't a Zima? <laughs> well, might as well have been. <laughs> might as well have been. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Awesome. That's spot. Greg, that's going to make me cry. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? It's oh, a great story. First time he got effed up. On Mike's Hard Lemonade. Did Fuck, you have a hangover dude. the next day? All right. Oh, I bet. How are we doing here? I'm, I'm ready for another one. Okay, right. Jimmy, you're fine. We're just going to hold off. We'll so uh, what's, yes, uh, what's, what was your first concert, Archie? Your first major show? My first major show. Now, the first concert, I went with my friend Chris and his parents, and we went and saw The Fix and the Moody Blues. All right. In yeah. Charleston, West Virginia. And it was okay. a great show, and Fix opened up with Red Skies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Red Skies. There's, there's a, a Reach Uh-oh. Beach. There's, there's, a, there's, a couple, <laughs> there's a couple Fix records that we are going to do. I just got to find the right uh, person to do that with me because the fix was huge. Write down Nina ninety nine Luft balloons. Write that well. down so Chrissy and I can <laughs> can we break we can break down a Nana record. Yeah, Nana. Later. Um, but uh, so that was like my first one. Now the first one I went on my own was uh, Def Leppard Tesla, and that would have been in nineteen eighty six or eighty seven. It was right when it was right when Women came out on Hysteria, okay. and uh. the Modern Day Cowboy video hadn't even debuted yet for Tesla. And after that, then I went and followed Metallica around all over the country. Did you? Oh, I was, did I was, you? I was bad. My junior and senior year, I was all about Metallica. It was all about Metallica. And I would take my jeans, and this lady would sew my jeans really tight. I was wearing tight. I was wearing skinny jeans before skinny jeans were cool. So we could see that you were uh, you were circumcised. Right? So yes, well, no, you couldn't yeah. see okay. with me. But you just had to guess. I was As giving always. you the benefit oh, of the doubt, God, Arch. You. So that was my first one. So let's, let's talk. So uh, basically, my first show was the Fix of Moody Blues, but the first rock show where I did have a parent with me yeah. was Def Leppard and Tesla. Metallica. Yeah. Metallica. Come on, say it. You know, Metallica would never, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, Lars, man, he's yeah. like, Metallica would we'd never, like, cater or change to, to do what other people do. We were, like, the furthest thing out in left field, but we'd get away with it. <laughs> Cliff, man, it took him, like, a... F- Cliff, I'm sorry. Thanks for bringing up Lars. No Cliff, problem. Cliff, man, it took him like a fucking hour to wake up in the morning. You know, he would like comb his hair and shit. <laughs> All right, first, first, first concert, Jimmy. Uh, 15 years old, freshman in high school. My first show 
Rush at Richfield oh, Coliseum. Wow. Uh, amazing. Fucking A. And fucking I, A. That just ruined me because I, I was kind of a music snob as a young guy. Yeah, so you were know. the guys in Rush. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do it doesn't do a whole lot for your popularity in high school. But uh, yeah, so you, you weren't know. a chick magnet, honey? Is that okay. what you're saying? Not, not, okay. not so much <laughs> at 15. One of the greatest live bands ever is Rush. Without a fucking doubt, man. And we Without talked a about this. Doubt. You know, we first met, talked about God, all the, the, the different types of, of bands that we love. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he's he was a Rush fan. So the first couple of years we were together for Christmas, I'd get him Rush, yeah. you know, memorabilia and, and paraphernalia. And I mean, Rush really had a lasting impression. I think everyone has that one band that has that lasting impression. Yeah. First show, Christy. First show was with my sisters in 1978. I have uh, twin older sisters. Oh, here it comes. Boston. Whoa! Oh, I was expecting Rick Springfield. I, I was going Neil Diamond, quite <laughs> no, honestly. 1978 was Boston. I was 12 years old. Wow. Well, with my sisters. My sister's seven years older. And my, a young Brad Delp and Tom Schultz. I mean, I mean, calm. Uh, uh, yeah. The stage had the spaceship, the lights, everything was incredible. Maybe the greatest rock, male rock and roll voice ever. Certainly the, one And of the, the first rock show that I ever went to by myself with a group of friends, not family members or mom and dad or whatever, Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, Van, not Van Hagar. Van uh, Halen. Christy. 1983 mm. at Hera oh, Arena. Son of a bitch in man. Dayton, Ohio. That yeah. would have been like fair warning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, it was. Oh, right in the goat ass, man. <laughs> that is awesome. Check that poor that boy down. Is, yeah, oh, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> we'll do that record at another time. Now, here here we go guys as we kind of uh, wrap this up and and I and I hate doing this cuz I hope you guys have had fun. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We need to pick a song. It's not like picking a favorite kid. So it's not that big a fucking deal. All right, they're not going to take your turn, dude. I, I, I like Come Thank Again. You. That's my favorite. Oh, that's mine too, Jimmy. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, I was going to say uh, Come Again as well. I know exactly what the chick's going to say, but Chrissy, you're not normal. You're not a normal. Chick. I'm not a normal girl. So you got Come Again. Oh, it's going to uh, be. Of it's going to be. Enough. Uh, it's going to be bad reputation. Bad reputation. Oh, yeah. Another song that was released on that album, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that deserves to get played. I, I agree. It deserves to get played. See, and that was a single. That was a single. It was, you know, really, the world was their oyster because 1990, no one really knew what the hell was going on. And you had all this, you had this super group here, so they were able kind of to uh, to dictate things with this first record. Obviously, with the second album, not so much. But they were able to kind of do what they wanted here, and that's why they had some chart success with this record. High enough. I mean, shit, number three? They'll take that. I don't know. When's Ted ever had a number three? Uh, well, that's <laughs> I mean, true. three-point buck. But he's never had a third one. Yeah, I know. And I know there's more points. Stranglehold, maybe. Sometimes it's not cool to pick a favorite. It's not cool. (laughs) Well, and you know what? You don't want to be that person like, I I got a favorite. I like them all. Exactly. Yeah. But come again. (laughs) That's my favorite (laughs) Come again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, say it again. You want to say come again? Come again. Come again. Come again. Come again. If they were from England, it would be come again. Come again. Come again. Okay. Jimmy Roseberry, thank you so much. I hope you had fun. Absolutely, man. Uh, we're gonna have to do another record. That okay, we'll have great. to figure out how we're, we'll figure it out because now we're gonna have start. We're gonna start repeating guests because I'm having so much fun with this first, uh, f- the first few shows that I want these people to come back. Chris Kemper, you know how I feel about you. I love you a long time. I uh, interned with with that group, and yes. they're just. They're awesome. You and I came up on Facebook, our little friendship on Facebook, and all the I little know. pictures from the past. We, they played a Facebook record <laughs> yes, for oh, us. Oh, they did. Celebrating our seven years of <laughs> FB friendship. There you go. So here's the deal. We're gonna we're still gonna hang out. We're gonna keep drinking. 
Awesome. If that's cool that's with cool. you guys. I'm driving, uh, so we're good. That a girl. Is there yeah. a single called Drink Again? Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Uh, for producer Greg Hansberry, I'm Arch Madness. Let's lift them up, Here's boys. You, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Thanks, gang.